Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're here. Um, we've been on the road, actually running around Park City this week, which is a beautiful place to be. We've been up at the Montage speaking at a uh, convention up there, and gosh, it's just so pretty, isn't it? It's a beautiful time of year, and it's kind of nice not to be on the road right at the moment. We had a break in the conference, and we came back, and we're sitting right in our house, looking out at the blue, beautiful sky, and thinking about our presentation tomorrow at the conference, which is titled, Reaching Your Peak in Marriage. Is that that right? right? Peak performance in marriage. So we thought that we would do two things simultaneously. One is practice our presentation a little bit for tomorrow, and two is to give you listeners a sneak preview. I think um, you're letting out some secrets, but that's all right. Um, I guess I guess you don't mind being guinea pigs, you folks out there. Um, we we do appreciate you. It's amazing how often now we're getting people who are saying, "I listened to you on the radio. I was out in the middle of nowhere, and XM radio was awesome because I just got a chance to have a touch of home and some good advice." So that was nice of them. You got a little wavery there in your reception. You didn't walk outside the house there for a minute, did you, honey? No. Oh, okay. Well, you sound perfectly good right now. I will just say, though, that here here's something. We, we are, you know, we do feel like you listeners are our friends, and this is this is the most personal sort of informal radio show in the history of radio, maybe, <laughs> which sometimes manifests itself in being a call from an airplane or an airport or something, and maybe the engineers go nuts because the sound quality isn't great, but it's always authentic. And I think we should also share with with you listeners that we're we're undergoing kind of an interesting transition right now. We've been traveling so much on speaking and TV and media appearances and so on connected to our books, and we're trying to cut back on that. We've actually been trying to cut back on it for a while, but we're really doing something about it now. And the theory, in a nutshell, it's, it's, it sounds simpler than it really is, is to try to have people come to us instead of us going to them. And BYU Radio is one example. We don't have to go anywhere to talk to you. And another example is that we're trying to work out a situation with a resort in Heber City called Zermatt. It's a Swiss-style mountain retreat which wants us to come and be, a, um, you know, do our programs there on parenting and life balance and marriage and so on and have people come here instead of us going to them. And, and that's, uh, that, I don't want that to sound selfish. One reason we want to do it is selfish because we don't want to travel as much. But a bigger reason is the setting in which you can sometimes present things to people makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, if we're in some uh, hotel auditorium, that's one thing, or or ballroom but but if we're in a gorgeous place surrounded by mountains and streams and blue sky and hot air balloons and all sorts of fly fishing and horseback riding and all of that then it may be that the audience who comes to hear those lectures and I shouldn't call them lectures to interact and have interactive sessions on these important parts of their lives probably go home with more retention 
than if it was just some quick hitter little speech that we came and gave them. So we're excited about that. We're also going to be doing it on on some cruise ships because cruises turn out to be a fascinating time to interact and brainstorm and have sessions where everybody thinks about how to do a better job on relationships. And high time it is, Linda, because, you know, we live in a world where there's seminars on everything. You go to investment seminars, you go to positive thinking rallies, you go to cooking classes, you go everywhere. And what about the most important skills of life, the family skills? Not that we have all the answers, but whenever you get people together and really dive deep and talk about how do we improve our marriage? How do we improve our parenting? How do we balance our lives a little more so the relationships get as much attention as the career? Big things happen. Good things happen when those kind of professional seminars are, are held with the family as the focal point of the of the thing, not a job or a profession. Well, speaking of travel and speaking of marriage, um, you are the one that wants to cut back, honey, because I've had a ball. And, well, we both have. It's been so <laughs> Come on, fun. you want to cut back a little bit. We've done too much this year, it's true. But, gosh, it's been such a fascinating ride. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm just saying, you know, there, when we're gone 200 days a year, that's too much. You know. Yeah, that's for sure. But, anyway, um, going on with marriage because, um, you know, I, somebody said uh, at this convention, because they know we're going to be speaking on this tomorrow, somebody said, when we got married, nobody told me it was hard. They just, <laughs> you know, I just thought I'd get married. And then you go off into the sunset and you have this great partner to just do things with and stuff. And uh, he said, it's just the hardest thing I've ever done. And I think most people that are married would say the same thing. It is just so hard to well, work uh, out. Yeah, because a, a marriage and a courtship are two different things. And, I mean, not that the courtship shouldn't continue into marriage, but there's a lot of rose-colored glasses. There are a lot of people that have expectations for their marriage, which are not, I, I'm not going to say they're unrealistic because you can achieve anything in a marriage, but they're they're not easy and they don't happen automatically. And, and love doesn't necessarily conquer all. Actually, I do think love conquers all, but, but with a lot of effort and a lot of focus and a lot of sort of deliberate, proactive thinking about how we want to make our relationship work. You know, I just was looking for some quotes to use tomorrow, and I found one that I like. It says, marriage is not a noun. It's a verb. It's something you get. It's not something you do. It's something you do. It's the way you love your partner every day. I think that really is true. I mean, sometimes we think of love as a noun, and it's actually a verb. It's an action, um, an action verb, actually. Um, is something that you just have to keep going at. And there are so many things. I mean, I don't think you listeners would be surprised to know that Richard and I do everything differently. We have different opinion about every single thing that happens in our life. That's why we're so attracted to each other. We're so opposite. Yeah, I, think, I think that is true. And most people say that. I mean, there are some people that have really um, very... Easy marriages, easy is they look easy for say. us I mean, anyway. Right. No, I mean I have a friend who just says we've never really had an argument. We just kind of go along and we agree on everything. And I know people like that, and I know what you're going to say next, honey. Well, we, we believe. Here, let me try to create a framework for you 
listeners and just see this would be easier if we were in visual contact with you or if we had a little chart but imagine this in your mind visualize this in your mind and and you could change this and alter it and edit it and so on but for simplicity's sake let's let's say there are three excuse me three levels of marriage and let's call the first one a marriage of convenience so that's, you know, we're married and it's better than being single and, you know, we don't get together a lot or agree on a lot, but, you know, we're, 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 we're married and, and we're, we hope to stay married for a while, that, that sort of thing. And I, I'm not saying a bad marriage, but just, you know, a maintenance sort of level of marriage. Then let's call the second level a true partnership, a true partnership. That sounds pretty wonderful. And what we want to talk about in, in the rest of the show is how to get from the, the the sort of marriage of convenience to the true partnership. But then there's one more level, which to many seems completely out of reach, and, and, and maybe it is, but it's something to strive for, and we're going to call that one oneness. So in your mind, picture on the bottom a marriage of convenience, in the middle a true partnership, and at the top oneness. And let's see if we can share a couple thoughts on how to transition from one to the next and then maybe even to the high one. Does that make sense? Did I describe that reasonably well? Yeah, you did reasonably well. I mean, I'm not sure people know what you mean, so you better proceed because you only have two minutes. Okay, break in a lot because you're keeping time on me. But but we think, for what it's worth, that the way to get from the maintenance level sort of marriage of convenience to the partnership, true partnership, we call it the three C's, okay? Let me mention what they are, Linda, and then you pick which one you want to take on first. The first C is commitment. The the difference we see in the world between marriages that are falling apart and the ones that are staying together really boil down to how committed the two people are. If you make a total commitment, and in your mind that is if till death do you part, or for some, for time and all eternity. And if that commitment is total, and if you're not second-guessing it, and if it's there forever through hard and easy, through sickness and health, through everything, if it's a total commitment, then then you're starting to move to that true partnership because no matter what difficulty you have, you work through it. In other words, there's not an option to bail. There's not an option to dissolve. There's not an option to divorce because the commitment is total. So that's the first of the three. Well, now let me just break in there for a second because um, I have to say, this might surprise our listeners, but I have to say that, um, you know, there have been moments when I have thought, you know, if I wasn't totally committed to this, I would just be out of here. I am married to a really difficult person, actually because he is so idiosyncratic. He does things that are so strange, and he changes his mind. Let's not get too personal every here. minute, and you know it's just so hard to keep up with this crazy guy. But then I think about all the good things, you know, the great things that he does. I mean, he is totally committed for one thing, but he always has great ideas and. I just hate to let him be in the 
a truck to take the horses down to southern Utah for five hours once a year because he comes back with 20 new ideas that we should try. Okay, I mean, okay. You know, okay, all okay. that stuff. I mean, there's that doesn't sound really horrible, but it, it is hard. <laughs> it's hard to be married to a totally proactive person. And so I, I think that that commitment is more than just a word. It's something that really means a lot when you're in really tough times. I mean, but it's a game changer because then because then you're once the commitment's there, your options are not do I stay with this marriage or do I bail? Your options are how do I resolve this? Let's get down to what the the possibilities are and let's find one and let's resolve it. So yeah. that's a game changer, okay? Well, honey, before you go on to the next one, I think that we should probably take a little break because you have two okay. more. Okay, I'll tease them. I'll tease them, and then we'll go to a break. So the second one is is communication. We're going to give you five things we think have to be there. And the third one is conflict resolution. So the three C's are commitment, communication, and conflict resolution. We'll be right back after this break to talk a little about the second two. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Linda, and what are we talking about? We're talking about marriage today, and it's hard to talk about marriage because everybody's marriage is so different. Everybody comes into a marriage with different baggage and different background and different hard things and different good things. But I, there are some things that really are common denominators that help a couple to stay together um, and really be committed to each other. We've already covered commitment, which is the first one. And if all you said was, hey, the three C's are commitment, communication, and conflict resolution, people would say, oh, big deal. It's just a little platitude formula. But we're going to give you a little bit of a, of a deep dive into each of those. And on the, on the communication one, here's a kind of a novel way to approach it. Um, there are five things that constantly on polls turn up as the reasons for divorce. The reasons for divorce, okay? And our thought is if you flip those over and say maybe you could also call those the five things that must be communicated about almost constantly or at least regularly or they will they will lead to cracks and, and problems within the marriage, okay? And I'll bet you, Linda, that most everyone has read some of these articles and could probably name at least three or four, maybe all five, of the things people most often give as the point of conflict or the reason why the marriage didn't work, okay? What do you think people would name first, Linda? Um, the point of conflict, or things that they need to talk about. Yeah, what they, do you think? I just first? kids popped into my mind first. Okay, I mean, children is okay. Children. The difference on the differences on kids is one of the five most common reasons for divorce. We couldn't agree. We couldn't do parenting together. We have too vastly different an idea on how to raise kids. Now let's not go into these individual. Let's just see if you can guess what they are. I bet most of you would guess first money. And you'd be right. Money's always on the list of five. We had differences in money. We didn't communicate about money. We had secrets. He had an account. I didn't know she bought this, on and on and on. So that's number two, okay? Number three that you'd probably guess right away is sex or intimacy. 
That's always one of the five reason, one of the five top reasons when you poll people or when you ask people why did your marriage not succeed? Why did it end? We weren't compatible physically. We just we you know we had different ideas. We had different approaches. It she couldn't satisfy me. He couldn't do what I asked. He wasn't whatever. You can you can fill in the blanks. Now, the other two are maybe a little harder to guess, but they're extremely important if you think about it. And and this is the one, actually, that I don't know which order you want to do these, but this is the one that people don't do often enough. They need to have common goals. They need to decide their vision for their marriage. They need to know where they're going together and decide what their goals are. I mean, there's so many people that get married and have never even talked about children. Do we even want children? How many children do we want? What, you know, all those kinds of things. And yeah, not where do we want to be in five years? What is yeah. it, where do we want to be in ten years? What, what does our life look like in the future? And, and people have completely different, they haven't communicated enough about it, and so they find themselves going in different directions, being dissatisfied with what the other person's doing simply because they've never fully come together on their goals. And the fifth one's really related. Well, it actually is a very separate one, but it has some ties to that one. Beliefs. Do we have the same beliefs? Do we have the same uh, Maybe, I mean, ideally you have the same faith, the same religion, the same convictions, but if not, at least that's something you're communicating about and, and sharing the fundamental where your heart is, what your beliefs are, what your, what your faith is. And different. that's one of the five things that comes up as a reason for divorce. We just couldn't stay married because we had totally different moral beliefs, totally different values, totally different sense of what was right and what was wrong. Now, I think that it's a novel and interesting approach to say, if those are the five things that bring a marriage down, aren't they also the five things that, if they're communicated about effectively and well and, and you know, constantly with consistency, aren't those the same five things that will cause a marriage to last? Yeah, and certainly they are. I mean, those are things that you don't think about. And, and I think that also... Those are great ideas, but what you have to decide is when do we talk about these things? And how. How do we talk about these things? It really is something that a lot of people haven't thought of. And as I mentioned, I have a little proactive husband myself who graduated from Harvard Business School, and we do everything in business terms. So (laughs) we always have what we call an executive session. Every Sunday we meet together and have an executive session. Um, at the first of the year, we go through all five of those things and talk about it. What are, what's our vision for this coming year? And then as things come up, we talk about it you know, as we go along. But I think we've talked so much about it, which has been so helpful to know where the other is. I mean, what are you thinking about? Well, and it brings you together. I mean, it's impossible to have a marriage partnership which communicates consistently about those five things without moving closer together. Now, I'm not suggesting you get to a point where you're exactly cloned of the other person and all your thoughts are the same. I actually wouldn't want that. That'd be boring. That'd be you'd give up the chance for synergy and for for fresh perspectives. But you but as long as the communication's open on those five areas, 
it's not going to get worse. It's going to get, you're going to understand each other, and that is going to move you to a closer position and keep any one of those from becoming a big problem that drives you apart. And 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 I, uh, the key thing in what you said, Linda, I think, is that it's weekly. Now, some people may disagree. I mean, I've, we've heard people say, "Well, we get away once a year, and we really talk through all five of those aspects of our marriage." I don't. Maybe for some people, that's enough. I think that uh, listen, a week is a is a remarkable segment of time. Uh, if you tried to do it every day, where are you going to find the time? You know, I mean, and if you tried to do it every month, that might be uh, long enough that some things would be festering. But a week and doing it on a Sunday and the doing of it often is what keeps it from getting to be this huge, unapproachable subject. In other words, if every week in this executive session you bring up the five things, what what are we thinking, what are each of us thinking about our children. What are each of us right now thinking about money? Is there? Uh, do we have any questions? Are there concerns? Are we wondering things? Or, you know, and you go through each of the five. I promise you, you're going to make progress, and none of them are going to fester and get so out of control that you're suddenly like, "Wait a second, what happened here?" You know. Yeah, that's true. Although I, we have to be totally open and honest on this. I don't think we talk about this every week. I mean, we did. I think I we think we're a little more on marriage, autopilot yeah. now, but we still I mean, there's still the forum for those things to come up every week in this executive session we have, right? Right. And you know, there's there's other things. I mean, just things come up that you need to talk about in this executive session. And the point is it gives you a point where you can communicate. I mean, that is the time when you can communicate. And, you know, Sundays get crazy sometimes, and we get to the end of the day and think, oh, we haven't had our executive session, so we had a shorter one. But it really is important, I think, to have a time and a place that's set that you're going to really communicate because you get so busy with kids and things that are going on in your life that you could go for a long time without talking about things that are really important. Making assumptions that might not be true. So... So let's review the five again, and, and let's challenge you listeners. Try this on a Sunday. Just it's open forum. What are we both thinking about our children and about our parenting? What are we thinking about money? And are there any questions or unresolved things? What are we thinking about with regard to sex and intimacy? And by the way, it's almost predictable that a lot of times we'll be speaking to young marrieds, and somebody will have the guts to say, well, wait a minute. Why do we have to talk about it? Why can't we just do it? Yeah, <laughs> and and that, we love it when that happens because it makes the point that that's, that's the very point, that if you're not talking about it, if you're not communicating about it, then there's a, a, a built-in lack of sensitivity and empathy, and it, it's true of all five topics. But anyway, then the fourth one about goals and the fifth one about beliefs and faith, and, and those are the five. Yeah, that's true. I I, I want to just um, move away from that for a minute and just say um, how interesting marriage is. You know, I found a little quote while I was looking for some things this afternoon that said, women marry men hoping they will change. Men marry women hoping they will not. And that is hilarious because... I when we met, they, you know, you had some flaws, and I thought I can fix that. I can fix that in a month. I can fix that on this guy, 
And the things that you do are not necessarily really horrible, but they bother me. And a lot of them are just just the same, only only a little bit better. I mean, not not worse, but better. You know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, and then you have to say what you say about me all the time when I say, but you've got to change this. You've got to change this. This well, this will make your life better if you change this. And then what do you say about changing me? Well, I you know, and I want to get to the oneness before we run out of time, honey, but uh, but this is a good segue into it. I have come to the conclusion I wouldn't change one single thing about you, honey, and the reason is not because I think you're perfect. The reason is I think you're a complex organism, and if I changed one little thing, it might throw out of kilter some other part of you, and I love you, and I don't want to change <laughs> you because I'd be I'd be risking things. And let me use that as a segue into the uh, and when we give this seminar tomorrow, this is a diverse group of people with a lot of different forms of belief and so on, and I doubt we'll get too far into this, but we're going to suggest that even after you've achieved this true partnership level with communication on all five of these things, there is a higher level, and some may not want to go there. Some may choose that's too much for me. I don't want oneness. Oneness is scary to me. Oneness is you know, I, I, people identify it with giving up on their um, individuality. We think the contrary. We think that there is a level called oneness where you re- maintain who you are, but you become completely one in terms of all five of those areas, in terms of where you are on them. And I think what it involves, Linda, is on these Sunday sessions, these executive sessions, you add a spiritual element. You have a testimony to each other. You express your faith to each other. You express your total trust, that you have no secrets, nothing held back. And you realize that it takes some time. We call those the three T's to get from a a true partnership to oneness. Time, trust, and actual testimony to each other. Boy, and that's a big um, that's a big leap for some people. But we really have enjoyed trying to get there. We're not saying we we're not saying we are there. Maybe you think we are there. Oh uh, no, I think <laughs> I think it's a lifetime effort. But that's it the goal. Is. I think that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So anyway, there's just a few ideas for you about marriage. We're sorry for those of you who are listening in that may not be married um, or have been divorced or whatever life has given you. But, but, you know, there are so many good things about having a partner that you really trust and love. So with that, we leave you until next time. We'll let you know how it went um, on Ayers on the Road. See you next week. <laughs>